Hello and welcome back to season one of the Cinegration Station. I am your host, TK, along with my co-host, Ryan. Last week when we left off, we were discussing linear lighting. We also had a discussion about custom fixtures and different types of colors. And so that's where we're going to pick up this week. So stay tuned here on the Cinegration Station. Hey, Ryan, good to see you again, man. It's been about a week, I think, since you and I sat down and talked last. But uh, the last time we were talking, you said you had to head out because you had a LASIKs appointment to take your wife to. I think That's that was exactly right. where I was. Uh, we were at a LASIK appointment for my wife, and I was the designated driver because yep. you get your yep. eyes dilated, and it's um, no challenging to, to just deal with life. Right. So uh, we went to her LASIK appointment, and the you know, doctor's office is very nice. They obviously spent some money to make it look nice and... A good presentation, um, and I'll get to the end of the LASIK appointment because she had her eyes dilated, and all of a sudden, as we got out, the whole room is just so bright. We came out of a relatively dark office, and the the recess lights, there's you know, they're not necessarily recessed; they're just kind of domes just shining on you. Uh, there's these big glare bombs of chandeliers above your head. Great wording, the, I love that. The uh, there's pendants that are lined up around where you're supposed to check out or pay. And um, I could say for for anybody that just had their eyes dilated, this is probably not the best, the uh, worst like scenario, right? Totally. And and you know this being you know my business and and what we do um, made me think you know there was probably not a lighting designer on this job. Um, and uh, I will say it looked nice, but. Uh, it just was done. It was done wrong, and actually, made, like it gave you this this glare that uh, was unneeded, especially in an uh, eye care facility. Uh, so this this example always brings up, you know, thinking about how people feel in a space, uh, especially when you know you're they're not going to be feeling the best with those super bright lights in in their eyes. But um, this is a, again an example that that I see all the time, and I'm sure people that do integration see all the time, too. And you're saying, so you, you're coming out, and you're not even the one with the dilated eyes, your wife is. So you are observing this, and it sounds like they just had a really bad, like, like where the location of the lighting was and how it was applied. It just sounds... I mean, it sounds horrible because I understand that, too, because I've had Lasix myself. Um, I guess, you know, that was 10, 12 years ago. So I, I wasn't really focusing on that. But but from what it sounds like, it, like the location of the lighting and the application of how the lighting was set up, it just sounded really bad. Like, is that kind of what you were like feeling as you were moving around the office? That's exactly how uh, I felt as I moved around the office. But um, there's so many things that could have been done to make it look so much better and, and to feel more comfortable. Really? You know, there's. So you were assessing the office. Oh, as you were I, I doing wanted that. to draw up a design after I left the place. Uh, there is a reason, though, that we have so many cool fixtures. Is not only because it it looks great, um, but there's very specific ways to install those fixtures and and ways to make it look natural in a room and not have a, a pendant, you know, right at eye level height when you're trying to cash out at the, right, at the LASIK right. appointment. So, so it's funny that yeah. you bring that up because um, I feel like doctor's offices as a general, you know, like, because you're in a, essentially you're in a doctor's office, right? Or almost like a hospital. So when you go into the hospital, like everything is bright and it's like you couldn't hide in a hospital, right? If you wanted to, you could almost go into the corner, but it would seem like every light in the place is on there. And 
why do they do that? What's the purpose? Like, at least from your perspective, being a professional lighting expert, you know, coming out of the office, seeing the way that the office was set up here with this uh, Lasix office, the lights are just blaring. It's like, what, like noon with no clouds, right? Yeah, there's also a lot of windows that natural light's coming in, but there's still this, you know, 100% on lights everywhere in the space. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and we had discussed this uh, last week about Kelvin and as far as like the circadian or circadian lighting, the mood lighting. Um, so in your, in your um, expert opinion, why, why would they do it this way? Like what would your, without asking anybody, uh, designers in any of this office, what would be your reason or why do you think this would be the reason that they would set the, the lighting up this way? In short, I think it's just because it was spec and nobody got into the custom aspects of the lighting and the right questions probably weren't asked. Um, and that's usually how it goes, right. at least in my opinion. <laughs> right, right, okay. The, uh, the, the point that you made about the circadian lighting is is uh, based on biology and time of day and how people perceive uh, light and where the sun is and where the sun's not. That could be involved in a doctor's office. In fact, I think it would probably be a really great thing to add. I wouldn't say that right now in time it's anything that doctor's offices uh, are really investing in, but I think in the future they will because it's all about how you feel in that in that doctor's office. And I feel like that's almost the butt of a lot of jokes is the anxiousness of doctor's offices or dentist's office or anything like that. It's like, hey, how can we, you know curb that a little bit, you know, soften those edges and lighting, I think is, is a really great solution for that. Which is great too. And you mentioned the dentist office, which I personally last week uh, had to have a crown done. And again, being more aware of lighting and the types of lighting, uh, I come from outside and it was about 10, 15, 10, 30 in the morning. Uh, the door was on the West side of the building. And so it was still in the shade when I when I entered through the entrance to the door and I walked in and it was like I was walking into like um, uh, like a like a massage room. Yeah, it was yeah. very but it was very inviting. OK. Right? And they had this like really soft jazz playing. And over in the corner, there was one light in the corner that like it fired on either side. And then there was one light over here, but it was more up on the wall. And then I noticed as I looked around the room, like as you go from like clockwise around, the lights were folk or were positioned like almost like like floor, middle of the room, and then the ceiling. And and I'm so I'm I'm curious, like when we're talking about location and the application, like why would somebody if, if that was specifically designed that way, why would somebody do it that way? Uh, they might have been thinking, you know, where where do we need lighting? And it'd be good to probably see a photo and example too, which which we could definitely, I'd, I'm curious to see what it looked like. Uh, but it, it depends on how you want to set that mood. You know, low level lighting is is generally shown to calm, uh, you know, in a calmer space. It's it's not keeping you super energized. It's it's keeping you kind of level and relaxed. And the, the up lighting, it depends if it was, you know, recessed lighting that's really coming down, keeping the whole space lit. In, in a lot of ways, though, the, the upper lighting could be used when they're cleaning the, the facility because they could really turn on the lights and it kind of kills the mood, but makes it very efficient to clean. So there's a lot of different types of lighting involved, some of which are functional based, cleaning the space, making right. it sanitized. Others are meant for clients' enjoyment and relaxation. 
uh, easing into this appointment is probably uh, uh, you know a good it's way a to dentist office. About it. Yeah, 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 exactly. They want you to feel chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to think about it too, because I, I had to sit there for a few minutes and I'm just looking around, and I also noticed too is um, the different fixtures. The, the light was like a, a, a tad bit different color. I know we had last week we had talked a little bit about Kelvin, um, and you had mentioned a little bit about the Kelvin being as far as um, the different um, temperature of Kelvin. So I'm looking at these three fixtures, and they're all three, like one's a little uh, softer than the next one, but I'm still not 100% understanding how or what Kelvin is. Can you kind of give me insight on that? Yeah, yeah good, really good that uh, points all around. And uh, some of the light fixtures in this particular place could have been intentional or it could have been they just bought a bunch of random bulbs and they had different Kelvin temperatures, which that's I what see. I was thinking. I'll that's drive by right. a house and see, you know, a coach light on the left that's blue and, and one on the right that's this, you know, warm glow. And uh, talking about those, it's they're, they're complete opposites as far as, you know, or I should say they're far apart on the spectrum uh, when we're talking color temperature or uh, color temperature in Kelvin. So residential lighting and commercial lighting could be very different color temperatures, uh, but there are temperatures, you know, a warmer temperature, an amber temperature, almost like incandescent or a flame's glow that makes you just feel a certain way. And when we have those lighter, whiter, bluer lights, it's it's almost more energizing. And and you see that usually when you kind of get a read on the the sun's temperature during you know 12 p.m., 1 p.m. It's it's white light. It's pr- it's pretty high on the Kelvin scale. And towards sunset in the evening, you you get those really you know amber hues. These these sunsets that make everybody feel a particular way. And there's right. a way to continue that feeling. In, uh, in the home, in a building, making people feel comfortable. Maybe you don't want people sleeping at work, um, but that, that depends <laughs> well, on, you know, what right. color temperature the, uh, the, the space is. And, and maybe I mean, there's nap time, you know, I mean. If you have the graveyard shift, you know, right. your employer would be forward thinking to put in circadian style lighting or at least color changing uh, lighting that could make people feel a bit more awake when it's, you know, 1 a.m. So there's there's probably neat little tricks that even I'm thinking of now that, that could be used to help people feel a certain way in a certain room. And okay, so Cinegration, uh, it sounds like Cinegration uh, deals with a lot of uh, these types of situations um, with their clients. I mean, when you go into a client's home, um, and we're talking about large spaces. So if you were to compare a doctor's office, maybe five, 6,000 square feet total, right? A decent sized doc- new doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a larger home that you're putting technology like um, this into, um, you're probably going to be putting that type of lighting into someone's home. So where would that type of lighting or when you say location or application, how would you like locate or applicate, let's say a kitchen, for example? Okay, great question. Also, I will say that the home requires a lot more thought and design, especially if we're talking uh, high-end residential than an office or a commercial space. There's a lot more that goes into it, mainly because you're in that space, you know, 24-7. Right, more personal. More personal, more nooks and crannies, so to speak, that you might want to control and zone off. A lot of times in office spaces, it's kind of like an all-on, all-off approach. Okay, I'm starting to understand that. Now, explain to me, like, you go into a client's home and you create a custom plan for them. Let's say you were to create something for the kitchen and that included new appliances. So give me some insight um, from your expert opinion on how you would go into a home that maybe all the um, fixtures are not fixtures, but all the uh, appliances in the kitchen, uh, let's say are chrome and they have a, ref- a really reflective uh, surface. Perfect question. And and that's that's great to bring up 
especially when you have reflective surfaces, because a lot of times LED solutions or linear lighting have these inherent uh, beads of light that you see, and sometimes it's really unsightly. So if we knew that we were taking on a project with a lot of reflective surfaces, we're gonna talk about how we're hiding those fixtures, or at least creating some sort of a lens to diffuse the light so um, you don't get these little beady reflections everywhere. The, the other thing to focus on is where are the uh, where's the attention in the house? Are we spending a lot of money, time, and effort in designing a beautiful, elaborate kitchen? And if we are, it should be well-lit. And it should be well-lit for the task aspect of it. It should be well-lit for a dinner party. Um, it should be well-lit to just make sure you're not banging your knee on a, a cabinet. Uh, In-cabinet lighting is a huge thing. Have you reached into your yeah. pots and oh, pans yes. drawer and you're, you know, it's like Narnia. You, 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 <laughs> Narnia, you don't know like, where the it. end is and if it's clean or not clean. So these are all uh, things that we, we think about and engage with with our clients. Now, okay, when we're talking about application of lighting, right, and you were talking about the the strip lighting and the LED lighting uh, and those styles of lighting, uh, one thing that I noticed recently, I, I bought a new refrigerator, and one of the selling points um, at the store was the gentleman pointed out that uh, it was smudge-free. And he stated that there was an application that they put on the refrigerator that allows the uh, smudges or the grease from your fingers to not show up. So he pulled out his phone and he actually used the phone light to kind of simulate what it would be in the kitchen as far as how it would look. And it didn't show any smudges. And, and I was pretty impressed, I'll be honest, right? Yeah. So I, I guess my question is, I'm rambling now, is um, is there a particular lighting that might um, be less... Uh, show less shadows or uh, reflect that more over another one? It's uh, the right light in the right spot is, is really what we're talking about in making sure that we're not doing, you know, these these light these lights that are glaring on something that is reflective in nature, but like a fridge. Okay. Um, and and we want to talk about where the beam angle is and how far it spreads. Uh, is it pointing directly at a fixture or is it just cascading down on it? Um, but there's a full way for us to view. You know, is there shadows being taken care of? Can we see what we need to see? And the smudge is very interesting that you bring up because even though you can't see the smudge, does not mean there's not some sort of thing on your fridge. Right, so right. It could oh, still yeah. be dirty. Uh, and in that case, it's it's still nice to have lighting that you can always turn on that is very bright to see those spaces and to obviously clean surfaces too. Right. And, and again, like because you had mentioned with the doctor's office, uh, the certain um, position of lighting, they might have that type of lighting there for the aspect of being able to clean the office, right? I would think so. So then you have... Um, one switch, boom, turns it on. But what's interesting, like I said, was that each, it almost like each section of the room had its own individual switch. Again, does that mean you go to the wall and you hit one switch and it turns on one light, you go to another wall and one light, um, and then there's a, a switch that turns them all on at the same time? Like, is, is, is that something that makes sense in a, in a residential home or how would you apply that or how would you, uh, how would you attack that as far as design? Yeah, uh, great point and question. So the kitchen, I'm going to use that as the example because it probably has a lot more lights than the, the, you know, the general reception area at the office or something right, like that. Right. So that kitchen maybe has seven different lights. There could be toe kick lighting, uh, some sort of lighting that's Uplighting a island that's really common now. You know, you spend a lot, or you know, you get a really nice piece of agate and you can uplight that. There's under cabinet lighting, pendant lighting, recessed lighting, maybe there's a decorative chandelier. And all of these things could be controlled all at once through zoning and through lighting controls. 
But one thing that's really cool is having scenes that are dedicated almost by time of day or when you turn it on, for example, it's it's bedtime and, you know, people want to go to sleep. I just want to zone the, you know, toe kick lighting and maybe some gentle under cabinet lighting to grab a glass of water. I don't need to turn on the whole room. Um, and this can all be done through logic and zoning on a lighting system. Okay, and you said zoning. So basically what you're saying is like it's 11 o'clock at night. You know, you've already been in bed for an hour. Like you said, you get up, you go to get a glass of water. But you don't want to wake your body up, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about moods. And, you know, it's the middle of the day and, you know, you're hard at work. Like you want to be able to see what you're doing work-wise versus, you know, at night. And I bring this up as a point because they were talking about on the news this morning how uh, people that have more lights in their bedroom at night tend to be more obese and sleep less. So people that sleep in the dark um, or have less lighting when they sleep um, seem to get more sleep and are, are, their bodies respond to it be- to better. So I guess my question would be is um, with the zone styles of lighting, you know, disintegration, when you design a, a home, um, is that something that's um, like a priority or is it something that's like, okay, here's the important part. Now the zone aspect is just something as kind of like the afterthought. Like, it's, it's very important. And it's important to identify what things turn on together, as in, are they wired together or are they wired separately? And by doing that, we create Interesting. Okay. these you know, fixture controls on the independent fixture or that certain linear strip uh, so you don't have dependence on all of them turning on together. So by creating these zones and identifying you know, what, what lights are in this house and, and where, where are they uh, going to be positioned, we create a... Um, a uh, control system that would be able to identify even just a single uh, light strip. And, and, uh, I know that here at Syntegration, I, I see you talking in a general direction of something, and that's something we can touch on later on, but uh, I notice that you'll, you'll make a phrase, and then all of a sudden the lights change in here. And, and again, we can touch on that later on down the road, but that sounds like something that um, would be tied into a control aspect too. So if, if you wanted one aspect of the room to be uh, brighter than another... Um, with what we're going to talk about next week in the smart technology, uh, you can actually ask the room or ask the, the system to make a room brighter. And you use the word Kelvin when you do that, correct? Like you ask the room to be brighter, but you, you uh, incorporate the term Kelvin, is you, that right? You, cur- you certainly could if you wanted to manually say, I want this very specific color temperature in this room. Uh, or based on time of day, those lights may have already changed to that warmer color temperature or that um, 2700 Kelvin or 1800 Kelvin because it's the late afternoon or, or even close to the evening. So having it on that astronomical clock and changing throughout the day is something that we can set up easily so you don't have to think about it too much. Or if you always want to call an action and say, I want to chill out right now and I want to make it nice and warm and uh, you could do that. And if you wanted to make it a more, you know, energized room and a brighter room, you could do that too. I like that. I like that. So with Kelvin, like for example, uh, I get up at, you know, in the middle of the night and I go into the bathroom. And again, I, a lot of times I'll walk into the bathroom and, um, my bathroom, because it's, you know, pretty old, it just has the one light bulb above me, but I've been talking to my wife about trying to create, um, more of a, a subtle light where when I go in there, it doesn't like wake me up because I'll go in there and use the restroom and then I'm like awake for the next half hour. And I think a few weeks ago, you and I were having that fun discussion about uh, campfires and how 
the campfire kind of gives you a different mood or a different way that your eye looks at the lighting. Like, yeah. Can you touch on that just a little bit for, for me? sure? So if you, you know, if you're at camping and you go to a camping trip and you're hanging around the fire, it seems pretty natural. You don't really feel like the fire, unless it's like super hot, right, is, right. you know, uncomfortable. It actually, it, people, it resonates with people. And most of the time when you're at the campfire, you're going to be ready for bed naturally because it's probably nighttime out, right, but right. also because there's certain receptors on the lower side of your eyes that are looking for that lower light. And when there's no upper lights like the sky or recessed lights to come on the top side, it does something in your brain. And, and I'm not a you know scientist. I'm not sure. a doctor. Sure. Uh, but it is. there's studies show that there's specific types of cones uh, in your eye and, and, and specifically down low it changes the way your you know your body creates different chemicals, um, and it makes you like feel like it's ready for the the evening or for right, bed. Right. Right. Okay. And um, it's it's very interesting to learn how lighting contributes to how you feel, regardless of you know if it's light or dark out. Light itself can change the perception of how you are feeling outside or inside. Which is crazy, and and you kind of just mentioned like the the receptors on the lower parts of your eye, yeah. So it gives you more of that like sleepy time feel versus lights that come from above, which gives you more your body more of like awake. It's time to work and do you know other things like that. So I'm learning so much about lighting and custom fixtures and how they tie in together. Uh, you told me a little bit about Kelvin and how that works, and all this stuff is super super exciting, and uh, it's such a new. Uh, way to learn, uh, you know, different things. But I think we're out of time today, Ryan. And so let's pick up next week where we left off today and we'll discuss more about lighting and more about custom fixtures. We'll touch on some smart home technology. We'll start to dive into that. Uh, we'll even talk a little bit about lighting outside and how that works and uh, what we can do with that. So I think that sounds good. What do you think, Ryan? Sounds great, TK. So we will pick up next week and we will continue on this road or this journey about custom lighting and smart home technology. And we will pick Ryan's brain and get his expert opinion on all the fun things that smart homes can offer. You are listening to the Cintegration Station. I am your host, TK, with my co-host, Ryan. You can find the Cintegration Station on every major podcast platform, Anchor, Google, Amazon. Go like and subscribe. Leave a comment or a question. We would love your feedback. And until next week, people, stay smart.